Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is March 7th. And our chapter reading for today is Joshua chapter 6. Well, we have come a long way since we started out together January 1. We have now formed a habit. We are now in the place to where we are reaping a harvest of good thoughts. And our mindset is beginning to take place. God is forming a new person inside of you. And he is conforming you to the image of his son and to the word. And as you read more and more, God will continue to change your life. Now, the great benefits of what you're doing this year is going to be witness the rest of your days because God is forming something in you a habit that will carry you throughout your days. You will have to deliberately, intentionally go by the wayside. And to do that, you're going to have to go against every barrier that God puts up mentally, emotionally, spiritually for you to cross because you are well on your way to establishing a lifestyle, a lifestyle that begins with the Word of God, that has God as a part of your life every day. And you'll begin to notice some things if you haven't already. Number one is you'll be more God-conscious. You will be aware of what God has spoken to you about in the scriptures. You will be more aware of the people around you, your surroundings. You'll be more aware that you're going to be meeting with God either again the day that he deals with you or you're going to be meeting God the next day and you don't want anything to mess that up. And so you want to keep your fellowship current with him. You see, the Lord Jesus, by his great intercessory prayers for us, is able to save us to the uttermost, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for us. And so our salvation is maintained by the Lord Jesus, and it is eternal in nature. That is, it is forever. It cannot be broken. The calling of God and the gifts of God are irrevocable. However, our fellowship is maintained moment by moment as we walk with God in obedience. Or if we indeed do something that's displeasing to him, the Spirit of God will let us know that. And the Scripture says if we confess our sins, that involves repentance, that involves agreeing with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, what that means simply is this. When we mess up and we turn to God and say, God, I blew it and I did not want to do that, but I went against you. I knew better, but I did it anyway. Please forgive me. God, help me to never do that again. God sees all of that and God is faithful and he will every time when you truly repent, God will cleanse you. When you agree with him about what you've done, about your own guilt and accountability, God will 
will cleanse you and he'll give you a brand new start and he'll do it every time. He's faithful to do that. We're not faithful, but he is. And then he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is, he will restore fellowship every time. And we walk with him in obedience and walk in the light as he's in the light and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. First John chapter one, just read it sometime. It'll bless your heart. All sin. That's anything that you've done. God will cleanse you because he's able to do that. While our salvation is eternal and maintained by Jesus, our fellowship is moment by moment, second by second, hour by hour, day by day, as we walk in obedience to him and to walk under the control of his spirit. And so as you read the scriptures, God is going to continue to speak to your heart. He's going to draw you into himself. You're going to lean into him. And all of the things that have separated you over the years, as you learn to cast all of those things behind you, they once might have separated you, but if you'll put them behind you and cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you, and that means to put behind your back, they will press you to his bosom. And fellowship will be sweet, and I encourage you to keep walking with him. Now, our scripture for today is about Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. Now, if you do much reading of modern day writers and you watch much TV that has to do with trying to explain the miracles of the Bible, you're going to hear all kinds of theories of natural phenomena that they will say, whoever it is that's talking or writing, they will say that this can be explained by this or that or an earthquake or something of that nature. Now, listen. The Bible says that God gave this city to Joshua, and Joshua was obeying the Lord. This was a supernatural occurrence. It was something that God did. He intervened in world history to do something to show the people of Israel, his own people, that he is God and he can do whatever he says he is going to do, and he's capable of that, and he has the power to do that. But also he was showing the enemy that they needed to fear him. You see, the enemies of God need to fear him because of what they see in us. The people of God need to be comforted because of what they see in us. They need to be encouraged by what they see in us. Just like any nation's enemies should fear them because of the might and the strength that they have. And any friend or ally should be encouraged because of the strength that they have. Well, anybody who is an enemy of God and knows who we are, they should and will fear us if we walk with God. They will be respectful of us. They might not respect us, but they will be respectful of us, not because of who we are, but because of our God. And those who walk with God will be encouraged when they see all of us walking with God. So this is very, very important. And so God had a plan for Jericho, and it was to supernaturally deliver this first city into their hands so that all of the news would travel across the land, and they would know that the God of Israel who made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to fulfill that promise, and he is going to turn over the nations of of the Canaanites, all of the ites that you will have named there, and giving that to the Israelites, the sons of Israel. So you know the story. 
When the children of Israel had gotten to the point to where they were ready and the manna had stopped, they had rolled away the reproach of the years of wandering in the wilderness by not being circumcised when God had allowed them time to obey. And God always will allow us time to obey and do what he tells us to do. God's not in any hurry. He's always right on time exactly when he needs to do something. He will allow us to do something on time. So we don't need to get in a rush unless God says move. And when he says move, we need to move. When he says stop, we need to stop. And if he says move and he says stop, then it's good. It is the best. And so we can trust him. So God said to Joshua, see, that's an amazing statement. Look, it has an exclamation. What he says is, Joshua, look. Look at Jericho. It's all shut up. I've given it into your hand and the king and the mighty men of valor. And he told Joshua what to do. Now, it's an amazing story because it is not what you would normally think would be the route of taking a city. And it was not some normal siege of cutting off everything. No, the people were already afraid. They were huddled inside the city. And these men with the great ark of God and all the armies with trumpets in their hands. And by the way, the word trumpet there is not the silver trumpet that we see so many times depicted in Hollywood films. This was the shofar. The shofar, S-H-O-P-H-A-R, is the word for a ram's horn. Like an ibex horn. Many of you have seen shofars. You've heard them blowing. It's like a trumpet and a French horn mixed together. It is a sound that is sounded for special holy days. It is a sound that sounds for war. It is a sound that sounds for worship. And each particular call has a certain sound. This is why Ezekiel and then the Apostle Paul said that those of of us who are men of God and those of us who are the people of God, we need to be very clear about what our sound is. We need to speak very clearly. We need to say what we mean and mean what we say and not this mumbo jumbo that I hear and this beating around the bush and never saying anything. After listening to a lot of preachers in my day and listening to a lot of podcasts and radio broadcasts and YouTube and all of the medium that we have today, I am convinced that many pastors have mastered the art of almost saying something. I'll tell you, you might not agree with what I say. You might not want to hear me anymore, but nobody is going to walk out of an assembly where I speak by the grace of God and say he has his feet planted firmly in midair. They're going to know where I stand. Why? Because it's important. Nobody needs to be in the dark or mystified about what we say and how we say it. And that's not just the pastor and preacher in the pulpit. That is for all of us. We need to give a certain sound as to who we are and how we live. Joshua was obeying the Lord and these people went out and they marched around the city for six days, came back in and camped. Can you imagine The confusion and the wonderment of what they in Jericho were thinking. 
What on earth are these people doing? Well, the Bible says that on the seventh day they marched around seven times and they hadn't said a word. They hadn't shouted to the people. They hadn't done anything of the like. And now the scripture says that all of a sudden they began to shout and the ram's horns began to blare and all of a sudden those walls collapsed. And the only people that were saved were the family members of Rahab the harlot. That's right. God said, I want you to go in and save that woman because she was faithful to do what she said she was going to do. And now you're going to be faithful to do what you said you were going to do. And the scripture also says that Joshua said to all the people, do not take any of the spoils for yourself. We're going to treat these spoils in a way that is different. That is, we're going to consecrate all of this to God. And that's very important because in chapter 7, we have a horrible event with Achan, the defeat of God's people and the shame of God's people. And an entire family lost its life and Israel suffered its first defeat in the promised land because someone in the camp got greedy. Well, let me just tell you, this is something that will haunt Israel and will be a sign for them and a reference point from this point on. Is God serious about keeping a holy people? You better believe it. And the Bible teaches that indeed this cost the children of Israel lives and it cost them time and it cost them humiliation. You see, sin will always take us farther than we want to go. It will make us pay a higher price than we ever wanted to pay. Many of us have been there and by the grace of God, we are forgiven given. Our churches move on and God does what needs to be done in all of our lives. God restores families. God restores people. God restores friendships. And we pray that God will do that until Jesus comes again. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.